Here's Bob Bayette with all your favorite classic hits from the 1960s, 70s, and 80s on 970 WATH and 97.1 FM. It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Ready? Now, from the WATH studios, here's Lucas Moore. Sports Fan 970 WATH 97.1 FM. Big welcome in to the program on a Thursday. We have been off air in terms of the sports fan because of the last couple games of Marty Brenneman's career. Yesterday, the day before. Today, early afternoon game, and it's over. Uh, The broadcasting career of a legend, Marty Brenneman, um, is over. And that's where we're going to start the show today. Cam Miller calling in. In just a couple minutes, dive into college football and all those things. But we would be, we would we would be really, you know, missing the point if we didn't open up today's show with just talking about one of the most influential broadcasters that's ever existed in the Midwest, and certainly the most influential broadcaster that's ever existed in the state of Ohio. He has shaped a lot of people's childhood, a lot of people's memories of baseball games and and games on the radio and. Uh, you know, I just wanted to to take a moment to thank Marty Brenneman for all the things that he brought me, at least, which is uh, a, a real idea of how to call a baseball game. And the fact that I got to grow up listening to him, a real legend, uh, doing it uh, for a guy that has been lucky enough to do it in some capacity for smaller teams. It's it's really awesome. And it's sad to see that his career is coming to an end. But I love that he's going to be healthy and riding off into the sunset in retirement. Troy, I know that you've been listening to Reds games for much longer than I have. Uh, what was it like for you today uh, with the retirement of Marty Brenneman? Well, I obviously didn't get to listen to it. I was I had to work, which is a bummer. Uh, but I did get, uh, because of all the social media things that they do now, able to go back and, and listen to some stuff. Really love the Bob Euchre segment they did. Him and Bob Euchre did the game for an inning. What was it, an inning last night? That was awesome, man. And I don't get it. You know, I, I, Bob Euchre, I think, is older than Marty. I, I, don't, I, don't, I really like to see Marty just not hang it up. I'd rather just keep extending it out like Bob does. Does um, less than half a season, I believe, all the home games for Milwaukee. Yeah, I'd say uh, I, I'm going to just give it a rough estimate of I've been listening to it for at least 30 years because I'm pretty sure I was 14 when we'd just be out in the yard. Because, you know, back then we didn't play as many video games as you guys do. We yeah, actually listened to radio. True. We played wiffle ball in the side yard. So I'm going to say at least 14. I'm 44. That's 30 years of listening to the same guy. He's awesome. I, I, I have a hard time listening to Tommy Rawls. It's just it's difficult. I don't know if it's because I don't like Tommy Rawls or it's because... It's Tommy Thrall. Thralls, yeah, whatever. See, I don't even know the guy's well, name. That's not that's a good how, sign for Tommy. That's how much I like this guy. <laughs> not a good sign for Tommy. Yeah, I know. And it's uh, it's hard, man. I, I don't know if it's because I like Marty so much or if it's really because I don't like Tommy that much. It's Maybe it's a combination of both, but it's very difficult. Um, so I'm not real happy about that. I'll get used to well, it. Well, it's like, it's like when you have a really, really gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous girl. And then, you know, the, the next one immediately after is... 
is, just doesn't feel the same. Yeah, well, she's pretty even ugly. If she's, if even if she's pretty ugly. <laughs> if you're going to use that comparison, she's like a dog. <laughs> what, Tommy Thrall? Uh, I mean, come on. He is not. Ah, uh, man. I don't know. I, it could be just a Marty thing. And for me now, the next guy that I just absolutely love and listen to forever would be Paul Keels. And I put Paul and Marty almost on par with each other, except Marty had been doing it longer. But I just can't imagine anybody doing an Ohio State game other than Paul Keels. That's going to be rough when he. You know, Paul Keels did Reds Reds games for a while. Really, that'd be that would be pretty cool. I love his voice, man. He's to me, he's the best. But no, Marty's. They're both the best. They're just one does baseball, and Paul's really good at football and basketball. So yeah, it's a bummer, man. I I hate to see it. Connor, how about you, younger broadcaster? I know you grew up New Jersey Mets fan. Um, but what is Marty Brenneman at least? But he's rocking the Reds hat today. Oh yeah, uh, listen, it's awesome. you, you gotta you gotta honor what the man has done for forty six years. He's graced the airwaves on WLW, and you know just listen to him here today on WATH being a, a Reds affiliate. Uh, it's been unbelievable career for Marty Brenneman. Unbelievable for me to listen to him for the past three years. You know, I had no idea what this hashtag was that the Reds tweet out every time that they win. And then finally, over the last couple of days, I, I put it together, and this one belongs to the Reds. I'm like, that makes sense to me now. Because it was just a random hashtag with letters you know, when the Mets Yeah, I mean, play if the you Reds. don't grow up listening to it, I, that, that would be a hole in your knowledge for sure. Yeah, I, I had no idea. But now, you know, learning the history of Marnie Brenneman, and he, he was never afraid to say what he meant. Yeah, he. I, I had a look up one of the phrases. I guess he was talking to, to uh, Ken Griffey Jr., and he said, I was here before you were here, and I'll be here after you're gone. And then I saw uh, another article in Ken Griffey Jr. the other day, or the, the day after, he said that brought in a picture of him when he was a little kid out on the field that was around 1972, 1973, a year before time, uh, Marty Brenneman was calling Reds games. So, that, of course, it's those stories like that that really – you know that helps a fan base that that you grow with these people you grow with the stories and it, it's been a remarkable career for marty brenneman yeah and marty would be one to say hey don't spend all that much time talking about me red season coming to a close unfortunate loss today didn't get to hear him say that one more time but i think this one today belongs to marty the weekend is going to belong to college football although no bobcats this saturday Cam Meller from Pro Football Focus is joining us on the program. Not going to spend too much time on the Bobcats, Cam. Why? we got to get that game out of our head. I mean, 45-25. You just don't want to talk about it all that much. And it, it felt just one of, like one of those games where an inexperienced team comes in and just lays down against a good team and things just couldn't click. Quarterback wasn't all that effective on a certain day and everything just kind of fell apart for the Bobcats uh, against the Raging Cajuns. Yeah, and I will say that the, those Raging Cajuns, they are a little bit better than I think anybody thought they might have been. That rushing attack they have between those multiple multitude of running backs that they have and that offensive line, I think, was just dominant. But that's what we've seen uh, from them this season, actually. Four games in, and those guys are grading super positively in our system. In the running game, not going to win them a bunch of games. I don't think if they keep that up, they need to, they need to add a bit of a passing attack. But that rushing game right now is probably second to none in, the, in their conference. It's pretty, it's pretty remarkable. But unfortunately, the uh, the Bobcats got the brunt end of that stick this past so, weekend. So, do you think this does this change your opinion? This game does this change your opinion at all in terms no. of being the MAC favorite? I don't want to. I know Buffalo's really kind of come out of nowhere with a crazy win, but then they follow that up with a dud. I, I still think that the most well-rounded team. Going into MAC play is got to be Ohio, and I think we still got to give them that that edge, the preseason favorite. And anytime you, you do 
suit up with Nathan Rourke against a couple of teams he's played before multiple times, actually. I think we still slide with, with uh, Mr. Rourke himself. Yeah, I think he's going to be pretty good during MAC play. I just think that the performance against Louisiana, and unfortunately at strep throat against Pitt, I think that that's going to really harm his opportunity to be drafted uh, late in the NFL draft. I think that it's going to be a, probably a path to the CFL, unless he really puts together something in MAC play and impresses during the combine. Um, it, it was it was just rough to see. It was just one of those rough, rough games um, for Nathan Rourke. It was honestly, and I want to just have a conversation here because. Pro Football Focus made national somewhat headlines when you guys released your NFL quarterback rankings. And I kind of, people have been misunderstanding, I think, what you guys do at Pro Football Focus. You rank these quarterbacks based on their performance in that game, in the situations they are presented in. And just because you put Patrick Mahomes as the sixth highest grade doesn't necessarily mean you think he's the sixth best. You would take him. You would take the five other quarterbacks before you take Patrick Mahomes. It's just that those other quarterbacks, in the roles they've been asked to play, have executed just a little bit crisper and a little bit cleaner. Am I on the right path here in trying to defend you guys in the quarterback rankings? <laughs> That's literally exactly the point. So I know Mr. Shannon Sharp himself called it bull jive, and you know you don't want to look at it. And you know it is. It, this is still, no matter how you look at it, sure, some guys have played almost 200 snaps in the NFL at this point but it's a three-game sample size. And right now, to that point, there are five guys that have graded better. That does not state that we would not take Patrick Mahomes to run a franchise right now because I'm pretty sure that's where we would. But, yes, as of right now, there are a couple of plays that have been left on the table from Mahomes, a couple of our what we call turnover-worthy passes that he's thrown. So any small sample size, you're going to you know see that actually ding your overall grade. So we had, I think, the numbers pulled. I think he ranked last year... I do know this for a fact, at avoiding turnover-worthy plays and negatively graded plays, he was second-best in the league. This year right now, though, it's gone down to the, you know, regressed to the mean, so to speak. By his standards, he's 19th in the NFL at uh, avoiding these negative and turnover-worthy plays. So that, you know, we've seen him avoid them at, a, at you know, a high percentage. Right now, he's got a couple of these plays that, on a small sample size, they're going to ding your rate a little bit. Yeah, but yes, no, that is, you're on the right track, too defending the grades which is something that we do almost every day yeah it's just i think it's a little i'm glad you guys stuck with your grading system for those rankings i think you guys saw that you're like man we really wish that the guy with the crazy pass rating and stuff was at the top of these but you guys graded the play-by-play you didn't look at the total you weren't waiting for the total you weren't trying to nail a total you watched every single play and three people right two two junior analysts and then a senior analyst and then maybe some more people combed through the come through the film, watch every play. Now, what people don't get is that Patrick Mahomes' grade is probably going to be lower because he's playing better defenses. They can affect him a little bit more. They can make that grade go down just a little bit, just little tiny things. He's asked to make harder, more difficult throws. So in those situations, he's going to be graded a little bit lower. I just think that people kind of took the rankings a little bit wrong, and I'm glad that we could clear that up. In terms of college football, you you gave uh, last week you gave some pretty good advice in terms of PFF Green Line Cam. What are you looking at in terms of games this week that you like in the college football landscape? I think you gotta we will stick. Normally, our game of the week is is this. You know, we follow college game day, obviously. So for us, we're following the Buckeyes here. We actually like the Buckeyes to maybe get a little tested in the first half against Nebraska. But I think ultimately where we're siding is that this OSU offense and this newfound passing attack that they did not have with the likes of Mr. Barrett with what felt like a decade worth of JT Barrett, but then also 
Haskins last year, this OSU passing attack with, with Justin Fields, I think that that's what we like. We like them to not only win, but I think the majority of the models are stating that they cover, and if they don't, it's a it's almost a push. We like OSU to be one of those sneaky teams that covers this kind of pretty heavy spread on the road at Nebraska. I think we were trending at about 17-point favorite for OSU for the majority of the week leading up. But then another one that I think that we like maybe a little bit more than others, too, is, is Utah kind of rebounding, figuring out what they did uh, and how they st- how they didn't stop the air raid as well. Um, and then the Washington Huskies actually stopping the air raid once and for all uh, against USC. So I think those are, those, are the, those are the safer bets of the bigger games that I think that we like and what we're calling our, our games of the week. Well, I'd love to see it and love to circle back around, too, because we had a big game this weekend in terms of Athens County and Southeast Ohio with Joe Burrow at LSU. Six touchdowns. That's an LSU record. Most points against an SEC defense in a half in a very long time. He looked scary, scary good in that game. What did you see from Joe Burrow and the LSU Tigers? He's done literally nothing to to not be the highest graded quarterback overall. So that that's actually one that I think, you know, if our, our quarterback rankings in the end of are taking this interesting dip in terms of Mahomes isn't the best quarterback right now, but we still take him. Burrow right now through four weeks of college football is not only the guy we would take to lead a team, but he's also the guy that is grading out highly and nothing he's done so far has really affected his grade overall. Already more touchdowns than he had all of last year. This is a guy who's grading terrifically on deep throws, intermediate throws, throws just targeted zero to nine yards down the field. Everything that he's been asked to do and lead this offense has been, I mean, almost remarkable at this point. And so nothing he's done truly to this point has been a a negative grade. I think he's only got like, you know, a handful of negative graded plays so far this year. So what do you think could be his downfall? What are what could be the negatives? What could be the downside? Because we really look at the upside of Joe Burrow, and we've talked about his future in the NFL, and maybe we'll get to that in just a second. But what could be his downfall? What could be his downside? What does he struggle at? What can an SEC defense do to slow down Joe Burrow? I think if we had to, we'd have to almost go outside of the PFF grading spectrum to maybe point at some of those things that not even the combine would measure. But if he throws the combine, you know, I think he'd have to show off this arm strength that everybody's going to want. You know, you, you're not going to get a guy like Mahomes or Josh Allen uh, with Joe Burrow. But that's no discredit to his own. Those guys are ridiculous in terms of arm strength. But I think if there's one other thing that Burrow could look at, it's, it's, it's his progression, his next read throws. So we have those charted. We chart them for these guys that are draft-eligible guys that we're watching. He's now cracked that list. So we're going through, and if that's one area that he's struggling in, he's ranking in like out of the top 10 of the draft-eligible guys, but that's still a top 20 mark among the entire country at now, this point Cam, on these next three throws. So. Could it potentially be, um, this is just a question, tell me if I'm wrong, could it potentially be, is Joe Burrow just making the correct read first every time? Is that a that's, and that's, that's an area, too, that we that we look at, and that's where we kind of we, we use the subjectivity aspect and we look at it. But with Mike Renner, our lead draft analyst, Steve Palazzolo, our longtime draft analyst, and then myself and a couple of our guys will look at that and we'll say, no, this guy's making the correct read. He doesn't have to. He hasn't been tested against you know a couple of decent corners, so he doesn't have to make another read even at that point too. But I honestly, that it's nitpicky at that point to say these next read throws or second read or third read throws are are a downfall because he's still top twenty in the country among one hundred and thirty starters. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree. I think that he's a legitimate number one overall pick candidate if he continues to play the way he is. And I think you guys at Pro Football Focus are getting out ahead of this. And uh, as normal, it's smart by you guys. Yeah, so we're we're on him now. 
We're not ready to call him QB1 yet. We want to see more than this awesome stretch of four games. But at this point, that Alabama-LSU game, you're looking at whoever plays the most. If all 32 teams aren't there at that game with at least some sort of representation of a scout, then I don't know what they're doing. Now, even Not even if you don't. Like, there's enough players there to set you scout. Make it worth the trip just to watch those two guys because those likely at this point would be the two quarterbacks we draft first. That's that's uh, high praise for a kid from Athens, Ohio. And, Cam, we really appreciate you coming on the program, talking a little bit of college football. L- love having you on. Next week we'll dive into the Bobcats. Conference play opens up. They'll play Buffalo. Buffalo, you said, up and down. Maybe they're the team that can threaten out east. So it'll be fun to dig into that next week with Cam from Pro Football Focus. We appreciate it, man. My pleasure, man, as always. Cam Miller from Pro Football Focus and Troy. See, see, there you go. You know, I'm not getting ahead of myself here. That is a guy who's watching a lot more football than I am, a lot more film uh, than I am. That's you just said right now that it's season ended today. Joe Burrow is one of the first two quarterbacks off the board uh, I'm in the NFL draft. He's been that good. Yeah, no, I like what he had to say. I mean, he he just doesn't say it in a crazy way. <laughs> he just very, he articulates what he's saying. Sounds legit, and um, I, I give him credit for just going out and watching guys. And and you know he has no ties to Southeast now. That helps too, Lucas. So he doesn't have a bias. Yeah, I understand whatsoever I understand. to us. So it's always nice to hear people from out in the country who are evaluating everybody pretty much evenly. So that helps when you're kind of like listening to what he says and agreeing with him. And uh, I tell you, the, the, the really thing that just caught me was the end there about going to Tuscaloosa. And let's not forget that he the LSU still has to beat Auburn and Florida. And I wish people would quit just overlooking those two teams. Auburn's really good, and their defense is phenomenal. I actually saw Joe's dad yesterday, and we were talking about uh, the Auburn game and him being a defensive coordinator. He said, my goodness, that game worries me. He said, their defense is for real. So to overlook them as being foolish. But if they were to beat Florida and Auburn. Can you imagine the pressure and the intensity that's going to be surrounding that game, that atmosphere? Like you said, 32 coaches, whatever, from the NFL bearing down on you. The entire state of Alabama packed into that stadium. Tua on the other side, you're leading your team. Yeah, if you outdo I mean, that game literally has millions of dollars on the line. Because it's got everything. It's just it's it's unbelievable. There's no guarantee that the number two overall pick is going to be a quarterback. Second quarterback could be sixth, seventh, eighth. So if that game is going to be the game, Connor, that at the end of the season they're like, well, we had Tua versus Burrow, and this quarterback outperformed that quarterback, that literally might be the difference between six or seven draft slots, maybe three or four, but nonetheless, that's a millions of dollars difference between those two spots. And you know Joe hates to lose. It's a pride thing, too. That game, oh, man, they need to beat Auburn and Florida so we can get to that. Well, here's here's the thing that concerns me. The whole Miami Dolphins, because the Dolphins most likely will have the number one overall pick. They've been tanking all this season. It's not been good for Miami. So let, let's say the Dolphins get the number one pick overall. Their whole mantra is tank for Tua. That's the problem. You know, the Dolphins get the number one overall pick. I don't think it matters what other quarterbacks are out there on the board. Well, good. You don't want Burrow to go to the Dolphins. It sounds like a bad situation anyway. Well, exactly. But I talked to Cam two weeks ago when when you were off, and and Cam said the ideal place for Joe Burrow would be uh, the New Orleans Saints. Saints, he can learn a couple years behind Drew Brees, work his way up, and then... I don't think it's the Saints. 
Well, um, that's everybody's been saying the Saints, and it's because Joe Brady's from the Saints. But the Saints just paid Teddy Bridgewater the most money of any backup quarterback in the NFL. Doesn't so matter, gonna, Luke. It's they're not gonna, guaranteed, buddy. They can cut him anytime they want. I know, but they're really going to have to buy into Joe Burrow, and they're probably going to have to move up to get him. That's what I'm saying. The Saints are not going to be in a position to draft Joe Burrow, and I don't think they're going to have the interest to utilize draft capital to try to move up for him. Well, who do you think? What What is the best team for you, I'm, then, for, for listen, Burrow? The best team for, for Joe is the New England Patriots. I mean, that's the best team for Joe. Right? That's the best team because he's a Belichick quarterback through and through. I think he would do great in that. But I really do think this is – it's going to sound like I'm a crazy Ohio guy, right? It's just going to sound like I'm that. But I really do believe this. I really do think that the Cincinnati Bengals would be the best fit for Joe Burrow. Zach Taylor is a young, modern head coach that fits his sensibilities. Burrow needs a smart guy as head coach. He needs somebody that knows what they're doing. I mean, he's just a guy that takes no BS. He's not going to listen to somebody that's that's incompetent at their job. He needs a young, modern, understanding quarterback guy. Zach Taylor, that's it. Ready to run the spread. Andy Dalton and the Bengals, they're like fifth in terms of passing attempts in run situations. They're throwing the ball more than anybody else in the AFC North nearly. So they're a pass-happy team ready for it. He gets to be three hours away from his hometown. Boy, wouldn't that be cool? Wouldn't that be cool? How many people from Athens would buy season tickets to the Cincinnati Bengals? I mean, that would be a real thing. And I don't I, want to do that to that poor kid. I hope to God they don't, they don't. I don't want to go that route. Here's another one for you. You're talking about guys, quarterback gurus, all that good stuff. The Oakland Raiders are going to have a high draft pick. Oh. I was going to ask you. I, I was going to say, what about I mean, John Don't Gruden? even compare Zach Taylor to John Gruden. Don't even put him in the same sentence. If you're going to go to the guy, if you're going to go to the man, everything you just said, John Gruden is that on steroids. I don't know. Are you sure? Yeah. What quarterback has John Gruden molded, other than the ones on television for fake fun? What do you mean? He took Rich Gannon, who was whatever, didn't have anything left in the tank, took him to a Super and Bowl. What was Rich Gannon the year after? Nothing. Exactly. Didn't develop. No, he didn't develop. What did he develop? He was like 50 years old. What do you, how do you want him to develop? No, there's oh, no quarterback No quarterback <laughs> developed under John Gruden. He had some veterans that were okay. I don't know. I don't know. There's not a lot of proof for Zach Taylor either. But yeah, the, you yeah he's 0-3. He's coached three games. The Raiders won can't yet. pay people signing bonuses. At least the Bengals can do that. I mean, the Bengals can barely do that. But they can at least give people signing bonuses. Plus, he gets to throw to A.J. Green first couple years. Oakland, he gets to throw to Amari. Oh, wait, they traded him to the Cowboys. Well, at least he's got Khalil. Oh, wait, they traded him to the Bears. I would think the Raiders would be a horrible fit for Joe Burrow. But we were Please just going go off of Bengals. head coach. Not we just, just off- head coach. The Bengals, they have, a, they have a younger roster. I think that he's got a lot of young and receivers. No offensive that line to block for him. He'd be on his back. You want him to go to? You want him to go get killed, Lucas? Oh, the Bengals' offensive line should be better in two years. The way they're building it out, they've got some young players there. It'll fill in. They're playing better than some people expected this year. Trying to the get defense, our man killed, man. What's up with that? I'm you're not trying, trying to get, get Burrow killed. They can't I'm block. Trying they can't to block get, a I'm fleet. trying to get people. I'm telling you, he would save the Bengals' franchise. I would I really enjoy that. So now he's a savior. <laughs> You'd be the same. Yeah, don't put any pressure on the kid, man. Yeah, just come in and <laughs> save our Ohio team, please. Please, 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 please. He owes a hey, cha- how about this? Hey, he owes a championship to the state of Ohio. I think he's going to come back and get one. How about we just hope that he beats Florida? Let's hope that he beats Utah State. Man, That's a just, long ways away. You're just so worried about today. I am worried about it's today. It's a bye week. We can talk about the future during a bye week. Yeah, but I don't want to jinx him, man. You don't jinx him. Right. No, I don't want to go to the Bengals either. I mean, it would be cool. If you I guess could I could... pick one team then, Troy, who would you pick? Oh, my. The Patriots. 
Okay, other you than said I could pick a team, so it, Saints would be next. Other than the Saints. Oh, my goodness, man. And now you're nitpicking. I don't know. I mean, it's they're all – I would want him to go, Lucas, where he is not – I wouldn't want things to happen to Burrow like they did Mariota, where he is he is designed to be in the shotgun and to throw the football. I don't want him under center with two options in route because we saw last year what kind of quarterback he is in that system. So, I mean, you could go to a team like Carolina. I mean, Cam Newton's always in the shotgun. He's always got receivers in, on route. I don't want him to go to a system where he's up under center, old school offense, trying to hand the ball off, throw the ball 21 times a game. So I don't want him to go to the Titans. I don't want him to go to any kind of coach that runs that system because it's not going to work. Well, there you go. Fair point. On the other side of the break, we'll listen to former offense coordinator Joe Burrow, Nathan White, current head coach of the Athens Bulldogs. Big game this Friday, Athens-Vinton County. We'll also preview Trimble, Worthington Christian, a little bit more of NFL breakdown later on in the show. Some Thursday night action tonight, all coming your way. This is the Sports Fan 970 WATH. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. McFadden Insurance Services is an independent insurance agency in Nelsonville, serving clients all over the Buckeye State. The agency offers prompt and professional service for auto, home, business, and life insurance coverage that fits their customers' needs. Get in touch with their friendly staff today at 740-753-1905. McFadden Insurance Services is a proud sponsor of local athletics on Power 105 slash 970 WATH and WATH Sportsfan.com. Are you looking for new ways to connect with friends without breaking the bank? WellWorks is now offering Fitness for Youth, personalized classes at your convenience with your friends. At WellWorks, if you want it, we want to help you achieve it. That's why we're offering private group fitness classes at exceptional prices. Let's work together. Grab a group of friends and connect with us to design your unique class. Learn more at ohio.edu slash wellworks. Wellworks is an initiative of the College of Health Sciences and Professions at Ohio University and is open to the community. Did you know that April is Donate Life Month? Lifeline of Ohio, as well as many other partners from around the country, create activities throughout the month of April to educate and encourage people to register as organ, eye, and tissue donors, as well as celebrate those who have saved and healed lives through the gift of donation. There are over 117,000 men, women, and children awaiting life-saving organ transplants. And another person is added to that list every 10 minutes. Be the difference. Register as an organ, eye, and tissue donor today by visiting lifelineofohio.org. Click on the Register tab. It's easy and takes less than two minutes. So what can you do to help increase organ, eye, and tissue donation? First, register your decision online at lifelineofohio.org. Then tell your family and friends about your decision to donate life. And finally, ask those friends and family members if they are registered donors. Help Lifeline of Ohio and donate life. Celebrate the gift of life and sight by becoming a donor today. Visit lifelineofohio.org today to register and learn more. Do you have aching feet, heel pain, or ankle problems? Some foot issues just can't be fixed by those expensive shoe stores or with shoe inserts. It's important that you find and fix the real problem and not just treat the symptom of foot and ankle pain. A foot exam from a doctor of podiatric medicine who is the medical expert in foot and ankle pain may answer your questions. 
Our doctors will provide important foot care solutions after doing a complete foot examination that a shoe store just can't do. Podiatric physicians are the most qualified doctors to care for your feet based on their education, training, and experience. The Ohio Foot and Ankle Medical Association's members are located throughout Ohio and are dedicated to providing the highest quality foot and ankle care. If you suffer from foot, heel, or ankle pain, let us help you find a member of the Ohio Foot and Ankle Medical Association so you know you are being treated by the very best. Visit us at associationsadvanceohio.com for a referral today. Siemens Grocery has been offering service, quality, and cleanliness since 1951. At Siemens, the butcher is always in, and the vision of delivering the best continues as they now offer locally raised beef from R.L. Valley Ranch, Athens County. The cattle are raised naturally with no hormones or antibiotics. Try some truly fresh beef right now at Siemens, where you can do a week's worth of shopping in 15 minutes. Stop in today at 305 West Union Street in Athens. Live and local, the sports fan on 970 WATH. I just imagined Chris Berman on NFL primetime next year. That's Joe Burrow with the Bengals. <laughs> Can't wait to hear it. You know, because here's the thing. I love Andy Dalton, everybody. I love Andy Dalton, but and I think that Andy Dalton would start next season, actually, if the Bengals did draft Joe Burrow. But Joe would beat him out by midseason for that starting job because I think he'd be just hungry for it. He'd just take it. He'd just take it. Athens, they're hungry for wins. They just got their first of the season. They were 0-3, heading into a 28-6 victory against the Alexander Spartans. Now they turn their focus to 2-2 two and two Vinton County. The Vinton County Vikings have not won a TVC championship since 1999 and are now coached by first-year head coach Travis Bethel. They play tough. Their defense has been ferocious. They've got two wins. Last year at this time, they only had one. So an improvement on the same schedule. They are excited about what's going on in Vinton County, and they're at home. I think this one could be really interesting, and I had a chance to catch up with Coach Nathan White about this Friday's matchup, tomorrow's matchup, against the Vinton County Vikings. Here with Coach White of the Athens Bulldogs. Now one win under his belt. Coach White, how's it feel? It was a really good feeling on Friday night. Um, to be honest, winning as a player, assistant coach, head coach, just feels good. So it didn't feel much different, but not that it didn't feel incredible. Uh, we enjoyed it Friday night and uh, back to work. It was a good performance against Alexander all in all, a win, 28-6. But difficulties in terms of penalties, offense looks sluggish at times. Just take us through some of those issues and how you plan to correct them moving forward. Yeah, I was really proud of our defense. Played incredibly hard. Um, gave up one touchdown the, the entire night. Uh, we have plenty of stuff to clean up offensively. Um, the, the, the penalties are just a discipline thing, and, and we have addressed those. We've watched it on tape, and... I hope we can clean that up moving forward. And the execution stuff, um, we're just going to continue to get better. That's all we can do is, is work hard every day to fix all those mistakes. In terms of looking forward now, mistakes taken care of, hopefully they better be. Because on the road against Vinton County, a team that controls the football, a team that's going to try to win the time of possession battle, those penalties – Controlling the football, not turning it over, are all going to be really crucial against a Vinton County team that has eyes 
on a victory at home in their pursuit of their first TVC title since 99. Yeah, and the, the first thing that jumps out at you when you throw the tape on is you see them in a double tight wing and just pounding the ball downhill. Um, big, tough, physical kids like they always have. Uh, it's it's fun to watch them play because they get after it. They enjoy the physical part. Uh, without a doubt, the biggest concern is their willingness to, to just pound it at you every play and hang on to the football uh, and, and really limit possessions. It's it's going to be a tall order for our defense to get in there and, and battle with those guys. And then when we get it on offense, we're going to have to execute and get it done because we not, might not get it too many times. As Coach Nathan White of the Athens Bulldogs. Troy, thoughts um, from Coach White's comments about this Friday's game? Oh, yeah, it makes me, you know, it makes me more interested in the game. Uh, I already was. I feel a little discouraged. I was sitting over here and I looked down and there's a Vinton County notepad sitting here. I don't even know where it came from. It's like a bad omen or something. It just says Vinton County Bank on it. I don't even know what it's doing in this studio. It has been there since I started working. I here. never even noticed it. I just looked down while he's talking and I'm just thinking, is that, is that like a jinx? Is, was it something telling me that, that they're not going to win Friday night? I don't know. I really wish the game was at Athens because I think it's going to be a very good game. I'd like to go watch it. I don't have time to get all the way over to MacArthur. And games like this always worry me because I know Nathan wants the ball in his his side of the his side of the field. He wants to, he wants his offense to have the ball. He wants to control things. He can't control things when the defense is out there and another team is trying to pound it down their throat. So those matchups always worry me a little bit. But in the past, they've always been able to overcome it. I'm sure they'll play an aggressive-style defense, try to gamble a little bit. They may may give up some big plays, but then they're going to get some negative yardage plays. And maybe they can get Vinton County out of their comfort zone, get them second, third, and long, and try to get the ball back in quick possession somehow, some way. It's going to be interesting. I I, I kept saying the Vinton County game and the Wellston game uh, very much concern me. I think they're both really good football teams, and they're both on the road. So I think the first big test is tomorrow night. Uh, then if they can get past it, then I, I think that Wellston game looms big. And, of course, if you can overcome both of those, you still got Nelsonville-York looking. But it used to be Athens was at a point they were so good, it was, well, let's wait till week 10. Week 10. The, the game is going to be week 10. This year is a little bit different. I feel like there's two hurdles before we can even begin to talk about week 10. Yeah, nobody's really looking forward to week 10 like they were last year, I think, even. But last year, Nelsonville-York was so far down that you were, you were really questioning was there going to be a Week 10? Well, there ended up being a Week 10 that decided the conference. Athens going for outright. Nelson York going for a share a year ago at Boston Field this year, that game in the Plains. But this one really does worry me, Troy, because Athens, they haven't really been able to stop the run against a team that really can run the ball. And, and Alexander was a team, I just don't think they're as good up front as Vinton County's going to be. I think Vinton County can control the line of scrimmage in this game. I think that they will have a real opportunity to do that. They nearly did it last year against Athens, and Athens had a much more experienced line. So I really do think Vinton County is going to be able to control the line in this game, which means they're going to control time of possession, which means they're going to be able to run the ball, which means they're going to play right in their hands. The trick for Athens here, because Vinton County is a highly emotional and well-conditioned ball club. They're going to play all four quarters, and they're going to play like Maniacs. They're going to run all over the field, and they're going to hit you as hard as they can. That is what Travis Bethel has really instilled in this team, and that's why they've been such a great defense. Athens must start fast in this game. Benton County, if Athens does, Athens needs to go score on the first drive, grab momentum, put Benton County on their back heels. Because if that doesn't happen, Benton County gets the football, grinds out time, goes up, scores 7-0, and has a defensive stop in their pocket. 
you're really worried if you're Athens because it's just going to be about are your skill position players that much better than Vinton County? Now, they very well might be. The skill position players, Nate Trainer, Peyton Gale, Reese Wallace, Braden Halbert, Braden Markins, I'm probably missing some, Corbin Stalter, all those guys are incredible. All those guys could be frontline weapons all throughout the TVC Ohio. If they are good enough to where it just doesn't matter on the outside, and Athens is still able to put up 28, 30, 35, 40 points in this game, then they will win. I think the number to get to for Athens is 25 points. I think if you get there, I think you're going to win because I think Benton County is just going to control the ball too much. Dameron's been making too many mistakes as a sophomore quarterback. Are they going to be able to air it out? If Athens can get a lead, force Vinton County out of their comfort zone, I think they'll cruise to a victory. But if Vinton County finds themselves in control of this game with a lead, moving the ball, Athens making mistakes, penalties, killing drives, they have a real opportunity at an upset at home. And if they win this game at home, Connor, you're looking at the Vinton County Vikings as a potential favorite in the TVC Ohio. Absolutely. You know, Vinton County, they got a good team. And it, it's going to be really a, a big test against Athens. You know, and we've been saying that all all, all the show. You know, it, it's going to be can the Athens Bulldogs can the defense hold up against the Vinton County run? And if Vinton County can run freely against Athens, well, you know, this might be a, a three-team league. You know, looking down the stretch, you could have Nelsonville York vying for the title. You have Vinton County, then you have Athens. You know, Athens right now at one and three. You know, they're they're kind of hoping to to run the table here at least go seven and three and see what their postseason uh, hopes look like at the end of this. They'd be low, but, but still hopes. They'd, they'd be low, but they have to run the table. So each and every game is a must win scenario for for Athens and for Vinton County right now. Two and two for Vinton County, and they could upset Athens and you know, really put this as a three team league. Yeah, it would be a huge huge win for Vinton County. Be arguably one of the bigger sports wins for Vinton County if they were able to upset Athens at home in quite a long time, Troy, because the success kind of they were used to it um, with Matt Combs in the Vinton County basketball program. You were expecting that every single year, but an upset at home against Athens, that football program, 3-2. and two. Quote I heard before the season is that the Vinton County Vikings are the sleeping giant of Southeast Ohio football with the athletes that they're able to produce with the mean streak that some of their football players are able to have. And if Bethel upsets Athens at home, I think it might be say that the sleeping giant might not be awake, but that right eye is coming about halfway open, and it's starting to breathe a little bit, and it's starting to wake up and move. Vinton County fans would be flying high um, all the way into week six if they were able to pull this upset. Yeah, but I don't know, come Friday night on the postgame show, I would be using that U word a whole lot, because that means they would have beaten a 1-4 in four football team at, on their home stadium. Now, I know it's Athens, but at the end of the day, it's still a 1-4 football team. It's not considered this monumental upset. So I would be very careful of saying that and because um, the you know, facts are facts. It'd be 1-4. How is that considered a big upset? You'd be 3-2. and two. you got to just shut out Megs. you just got to win over Athens. You'd, be, what, you'd won three games in a row. You're playing at home. And uh, so we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, there was times in the past where the same conversation actually came up every single week. When Athens was good and they were scoring a lot of points, well, the other team's going to control the ball. They're going to they're going to try to run it. They're going to keep time of possession. And you know, sometimes they did. A lot of times they just it wasn't really controlling the time of possession. They would just score fast too. We couldn't stop them. They were running, getting eight, ten, twelve yards of play. Sometimes a fifty yard run, but we always had Burrow just outscoring them because the offense was so perfect. 
So scores were literally 68 to 47 or or 72, for God's sakes, to, to 38. Uh, this team doesn't have that capability of being perfect because of the penalties, because of the mistakes, uh, you know, turnover prone, things like that. So you really can't afford just to let Benton County score and, you, and believe that you're going to outscore them. I mean, it could very well happen. They could just limit those penalties. They could play lights out. Joey Moore could have a great game, and you could just beat them 48 yeah, 42. but this Athens defense might have a step-up game in them. I mean, they were Hopefully. pretty good against Alexander. Just six points allowed. I know Alexander moved the ball some, but Alexander's a better team. Alexander's a team that's going to compete in the TVC Ohio, and I wouldn't be surprised if they beat Wellston. I think Wellston's a favorite in that game, but I would not be surprised if the Alexander Spartans were able to pull out a victory there. I just think that Athens' weapons are going to probably be too much on the outside. That's what we saw last year. I think that... Nathan White usually has a pretty good first drive scripted out. He's usually money on that. Week one, go right down the field and score. Week two, go right down the field, get stopped inside the 20. Week three, go right down the field and score. Week four, go right down the field and score. It's been pretty consistent. So if they can grab an early lead, that first little jab that you have in the fight that is a football game, it's just going to knock Vinton County back enough that I think that Athens is going to be able to hold on for a victory, but I'm telling you, if Vinton County grabs momentum early in this game, this is not one of those situations where the old old teams you were talking about, where they're trying to play ball control and all those things, where there was really no opportunity at it. It was a, oh, cross your fingers, hope this happens. This game is within a 10-point spread. If I were to make lines for this game, this game would be probably a touchdown in my eyes since it's at Vinton County, a touchdown for Athens. Well, guess what? There's NFL lines this week that are touchdowns. This game is going to be close. This game, the smallest things will matter. So Vinton County is able to grab 7 nothing lead. End of first quarter with the football. They're able to run it 4-5 yards a pop. Athens is going to be in real trouble. Real, real trouble. Because the Vinton County defense is not going to go down easy. It's just not going to go down easy. And once they know you have to throw, it's going to get even worse. But Athens just may have the weapons on the outside. Yeah, I don't, I don't really think they've faced an offense like ours either. Yeah. They're kind of built to stop them, a, a running team. Are they built to stop four wide, five wide, and a kid like Joey Moore? Uh, they gave big up a question. lot of big plays last year. That's where I think could if Athens can get big plays – all game long, especially early, then it's it's going to be an Athens victory. It's very difficult, and I had this conversation with uh, with Coach Good when he used to be a defensive coordinator at Athens, and I've had it with Nathan and even Ryan at times. When they get into the TVC, a lot of the teams they were playing, week in and week out, were playing teams that like the power run the football. So every week you're practicing on the D-line how to dig this guy, how to, how to stand this guy up, and how your linebackers are going to flow to the left or flow to the right, and you're going to fill this hole, and you're going to meet him here in, in the sixth hole. And they do that. They do that week in, week out. And you've got personnel out there, five, five defensive linemen, two backers, a strong safety, a monster back, however you want to call it. And then all of a sudden, it comes Monday, you're popping in a game film, okay, well, this guy, we've got to take you out, you out, and you out, and we're going to put this faster guy in here and then over there. And everything gets confusing. And yep. the game changes. It's almost a completely different game defensively. And he said, uh, multiple coaches have said, that's where the real big advantage of running this type of offense came into play late in the season versus TVC teams is they just weren't experienced in trying to defend our offense. Yeah, and last year, 42 points for Athens. And I think that Joey Moore, a little better signal caller, I think the weapons on the outside. I actually do think the Athens weapons this year on the outside are better. Um, than a year ago because Peyton Gale's a year better. You get Nate Trainer back for another year. 
I mean, they are fast. They can really, really play on the outside. It's going to be a tough test, though. If Athens can can make that hurdle, I think that they'll have a clear path. Well, not a clear path, but I think that we'll feel much better about this team if they're 2-3 and three with a win against the Vinton County Vikings. Before we get to break, let's talk about Trimble Worthington Christian. Troy, I was much worried about this game earlier in the season, Worthington Christian, that Week 5 game. You're wondering, okay, is this is this the team that maybe could get Trimble? We saw them get beat by Cincinnati Hills a year ago. But I've really taken a look at this matchup, and I think that Trimble's going to win this game pretty handedly against Worthington Christian at home, especially after we've heard some stories that Worthington Christian wanted to use uh, Trimble's locker room because they don't want to be in the dugout and, and all those things. And I think that it's going to be defending the home turf, Trimble Tomcat, classic beatdown. They might give up some points, maybe, but but I see this as a Trimble victory. Well, the thing is, is they're making it kind of a big deal about that, but they told him that on the phone when they needed, when Trimble needed a game, well, Worthington Christian ended up needing a game as well. Well, at that point, nobody's the home team, nobody's the away team. And Worthington Christian kind of made a deal to say, okay, we'll come to your place, but this is what we want. And Trimble agreed to it. So for people to get up in arms about it now, after the fact, when you agreed to do something is a little bit, uh, well, I don't know. But but if they're going to use it for motivation for the kids, if the kids got to go over there and dug out, yeah, why not? I would too. I don't blame Coach Ferris and the team for doing whatever you got to do to get your kids pumped up. I don't think they really need it. I think this game is means something to them. Uh, they're going to be challenged for the first time in a few weeks. I, I don't think they really need anything, but sure, why not? Let's throw it on top. Uh, the game itself, um, very uh, it's a lot of unknowns. I mean, the quarterback is the son of an NFL player. He's six foot four. He can sling it. They got speed on the outside. It's going to be a team that trembles yet to face all year. Passing attack. They want to throw the football, shotgun, things like that. So I think there are some things you could look at to say, hmm, well, this might be interesting. Yeah. But you know, then I so. look at then I pull up Worthington Christian's schedule and I have twenty seven fourteen week one victory on the road against a one and three D six Springfield Northeastern. Um that's not very impressive. Then a forty two seventeen loss at home. Gallion Northmore, they're four and D six region twenty two. They were supposed to lose that game, but they got blown out there. Then they only beat Danville, a D seven team that's O and four. An O and four division seven team they gave up 26 points to on the road two weeks ago and only won that game 33-26. Then they had a win against a bad D7 team last week. I don't think this word the Christian team is going to be even close to ready for what Trimble's about to bring at them defensively. And I really do think that, that Trimble has a big advantage in this game. And I think that they're going to hammer Worthington Christian in a lot of areas. I, I It's just about... Can they throw around Trimble? This is what every team that can throw the football, Troy. We talked last year, Week 5, Cincinnati Hills can sling it. Cincinnati Hills ended up with some points. They were only able to score seven, though, on a true drive. One other was a Hail Mary, 4th and 18, scrambling around, crazy play, back of the end zone, and the other was a fumble ruski. So the 21 points by Cincinnati Hills was not offensive movement. It was some fortune that played their way. I just don't think that any team's going to be able to throw it well enough at the D, what is Worthington Christian, D6 level. I don't think any team's going to be able to throw it well enough at the D6 level outside of the big teams, and Worthington Christian is not one of those teams. I just think this is a Trumbull victory through and through. Well, I mean, it's all going to depend on the quarterback. If he has a good game and he's throwing the football, he's going to be able to throw it. He's going to throw it in some tight windows. But kind of the same things I said about Vinton County apply to Trimble as well. They've only been facing power football teams, running it down their throat, trying to run it. Now they're going to come in and see a spread team that wants to throw at 60 to 70% of the snaps. That's a lot different than what Trimble is used to doing. 
Uh, don't and be or don't be misled by the Danville game. Danville is a a powerhouse football program that I have watched go zero and four, come back and be six and four, and be a real threat in the playoffs. Uh, they play a tough schedule early on, but it's still Danville. Danville is just a team that has been in the playoffs year in and year out, much like Tremble. Uh, so I, I don't want to just write that game off as saying, well, <laughs> they lost to this D6 team that's 0-4. Uh, so, but anyways, it'll be fun. I'm actually interested in it. It's not a game where I'm going to have to glow. I'm going there tomorrow night thinking that this could be interesting. I usually, think- I, usually I go over there and I'm thinking, are they going to allow somebody to score? I don't. I'm not going over there. I think because Danville's. Of that. I think Danville's bad this year, Troy. I just pulled up their schedule: 32-13 loss at home to Lucas, which Lucas is pretty good. But Trimble's beaten Lucas, right? Pretty bad. And then they have a 21-6 loss against Loudonville's one and three D6 team. Um, then they lost to Worthington Christian, and then they just lost 24 to seven against a two and two D6 team. And none of these teams Who are highly the D6 ranked. Team? Mount Mount Gilead, Mount yeah, all four of those teams are all playoff teams. Number traditionally, tw- yeah, traditionally, but I think that they're all going through a down year. When you go click through all, yeah, their I mean, steps. it's safe to say, and Danville just lost their all star quarterback that threw for like a zillion yards last year. So yeah, they're probably having a da- be having a down year for Danville, but still, Danville could come down here probably this year and be the second best team in the Hawking easily. That's and kind of would, my point. And I think, and my point is that Trimble would still be that team by thirty five, and I think that they're going to be Worthington Christian and. Pretty soundly. Uh, Dude, we, this is our game of the week, and you are a horrible promoter. I would uh, never put you on a boxing match, ever. <laughs> hey, man, buy 20 bucks for this ticket. Watch this guy knock him out in a round. <laughs> Come on, this is our Power 105 game of the week. you got to do a better job. Uh, Wow. I, I'm just being honest about how I think I know, the game's going to come yeah, out. Listen, you got to be a promoter. Here's the thing. Here's the thing, right? See the big businessman, boss guy with the big mustache and cigar in the back corner, Troy Bolin. He's like, hey, we need to make some money. You need to lie about the game. And I'm like, no. Exactly. I am an honest journalist. I shall speak about the game as I think about the game. No, man. you got to promote it. <laughs> I need a cigar now. I need a cigar to put in my mouth. Oh, man. Actually, I honest, honestly, I, I, I'm very intrigued by what's going to happen. Well, I think that Worthington Christian is certainly going to have more opportunity than any other team on Trimble's schedule the rest of the way. And certainly an upset is within the cards. As oh, no, no I don't want to go that far. I didn't say upset. I said it's I, in the cards yeah. because it's football, and it's, right. li- it's literally not one of those 100% things. It's like a 95% thing. I think with Trimble, certain. we get a little bit spoiled to the point where everything is a dominated blowout. I think I'm just intrigued because I want to see the kids tested tested a little bit. I think that's why I'm intrigued. I, w- I want to see Worthington Christian be able to throw at him a little bit. I want to see him get down inside the 20 yard line where Trimble has to play some defense inside the red zone. I think that's what I meant by being intrigued. Yeah. I, by no means do I think Worthington Christian is going to win that game tomorrow night. Okay. There's no way. Well, I'm just saying I feel like it could be a very interesting game for a little while. And um, well, now you uh, sound. This sounds worse than what yeah, I said. Yeah, I know. Right? Well, I mean, just... you, you, <laughs> exactly. I guess. I guess I'm just trying to explain what I was meaning. Yes. Um, yeah. No. That, no. I got you. And then the other side of it is, I'm still intrigued about Trimble not giving up a single point. That is still a storyline that is on the table. That's something that rarely happens in the OHSA during a 10 game season. The record is 10, including playoffs shutouts in a season. Trimble had nine last year. Yeah, they have nine. The record's ten, so and that does include playoffs, by the way. So I am very there's that little sidebar story. Do people go out to pay a ticket? And say, is this team going to score on them? And that's also on the table. So I think there's a couple things going on. <clears throat> why I'll be interested in heading over to Gloucester tomorrow night. Well, I'm trying to find Drew Pastor. Usually has some of these. Um, 
let's see, longest streaks allowing 20 less points, allowing 27. Trimble has not allowed more than 30 points in 27 straight games. Hmm. That That's a streak right there. All right, let's talk about the NFL a little bit before we get to the end of the show. Um, this weekend, Browns, Ravens, seven points. I actually like the Browns. It's a division game. I, I still think the Browns still believe in them themselves a little bit, but I think the Ravens, better coach, better line, better running game. I, I still like the Ravens in this one. I believe the Browns are on the road in Baltimore, yes. So on the road, yeah, I like the Ravens, but I like the Browns to cover plus seven. Connor, your thoughts, Cleveland Browns, Baltimore Ravens, big game on Sunday. I got to go Ravens. You know, Ravens actually kept the game. Yeah, but you got to fairly... talk about the number too. We could all sit here and pick the Ravens plus what? seven. What do you think? I, don't know, I think that's that's fair, but I mean, I might go a little bit more more than a touchdown in favor of the. Oh, Ravens. so you're going to pick the Ravens big time? Okay, listen, I just think that's what's going to happen. I don't think the Browns have looked as good as they should have during the first what is it three weeks in now? So first three weeks that uh, that the Browns have played. You know they they played they uh, they played a depleted Jets team. Um, I don't have the full schedule in front of me, but it, it, they just have not. I mean, they lost to Tennessee. They lost uh, last the week to the Rams. Mm-hmm. There we go. Didn't even need the oh, schedule. Yeah, no, but, you got it. No, but the, the Browns just have not looked as clean and crisp as the Baltimore Ravens have. So if the Browns get blown out this Sunday, Troy, does Freddie Kitchens get fired on Monday? No, they're not going to fire a coach on Monday. No, but I mean like a blowout. I mean 45 no, nothing. Baker looks bad. Play calling horrible. It's way too early, my friend. Way too early. They're, they're, they're probably not going to get blown out anyway. This game traditionally has always been yeah, it's always like a game. gazillion field goals. It's going to be like 15 to 12. The only difference is they both got a couple shiny new parts in Lamar Jackson and Baker Mayfield and OBJ. So, but Baker's not too shiny. They've been jamming him into the dirt so I know. much. There's but no it, it's better than guys on the back of a jersey, jersey that you've never heard of. I mean, he is capable of playing the quarterback position. He did win games last year. He did throw a lot of touchdowns Seven. last year. So it's better than Tim Couch and others that have played the position for Cleveland. But that being said, it's always just a just a grudge match. Baltimore, yeah. Cleveland, Cleveland, field goals, field goals, field goals. Maybe there's a, a lot of physical players in this game. I think that P- Cleveland's going to lose a penalty battle. I think as well because of the motion of it. But I think they'll keep it close, and that Baltimore will win because of the small things in the margins, like penalties. And I I, I don't think they'll turn the ball over as much. Well, I, I think the people in Vegas are geniuses, and it's probably going to land on seven. Oh, Lucas, you're, you're talking about firing. I just want to go back to the idea of firing Freddie Kitchens here. You realize that the Browns team, uh, not not Marvin Lewis, um, the Hugh Hugh Jackson, yeah, yeah, Hugh yeah. Jackson, the coach for the Browns, he went zero and sixteen. And you're going to be worried this. about a start that he goes went zero and sixteen. He went zero and sixteen with no expectations. This this team, but what else would team, merit a firing? People, people in Cleveland were getting tattoos of Super Bowls. Okay. That doesn't happen every year. That doesn't happen every year. That happened a lot. There's a lot of Cleveland fans that put their entire sports reputation with their friends on the line, betting on Baker Mayfield and the Browns. There's going to be some boos, some boos if they lose to Baltimore the next time they play in Cleveland. It's going to get bad. It's going to get ugly quick. Well, that's what happens. Lose. You just said blowout, though. They're, yeah. gonna, they're probably going to lose Sunday. Okay, that's fine. But if they get blown out, I'm not, I don't think I'm not saying yeah, Freddie Kitchens gets happen, fired, but still. See, I, I just laugh, though, honestly, because... But honestly, but what if he does? I mean, if he does on Monday, would you be that surprised? He's been that incompetent thus I far. mean, on the outside looking in, I would be surprised. Again, you had a coach that went 0-16. What else merits a firing? You brought him back, and he had more wins the next year than he had all of last season. You know what merits... And then they fired him. You know what merits a firing, Connor? 
What's that? Having a roster that should go 12 and 4 and be 1 and 3 with a loss in the division. That that is when when you probably shouldn't have been hired in the first place, it's not a good thing. <laughs> like if you sign up for a job and you don't think that you should have had it in the first place and then you start screwing up every day, then everybody's like, "Uh-oh, why do we hire this guy? Get him out." I wish you the best Cleveland fans. No, I don't. Have fun on Sunday. I don't get to watch the Bengals lose on Sunday. I gotta wait till Monday. It's nice. It's been the Sports Fan, 970 WATH.